0: Good morning. Good morning. Hey, grace and peace to all of you, in Jesus' name, amen. So this is our movie series, and summer movies are uh, usually a lot of fun. We've had a lot of fun, uh, Ford versus Ferrari, talked about the, the race of endurance that uh, we are called to live in our own lives. The one thing that matters, the, our eternal inheritance. And next week, 4th of July, Hamilton, it's uh, our Declaration of dependence. I'll talk about that. But today is kind of a heavy subject, right? Uh, The movie Just Mercy is a true story. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is the actor who plays Brian Stevenson. Brian Stevenson is a Harvard Law graduate who moved to Alabama to start the Equal Justice Initiative in the 1980s. And uh, Jamie Foxx, actor, he plays uh, Walter McMillan, uh, a man who in 1987 was falsely accused of murder, sentenced to death by the state of Alabama, and uh, spent six years on death row. Just Mercy is the name of uh, O'Brien's book, and, and the name of now this, this movie. And so those are the two elements that I want to talk about today. If you look at what Jesus said in Matthew 23, 23. Now, if you want to memorize verse, that's a good one. Easy, Matthew 23, 23. You remember that one. Jesus says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, because you're all hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin, And have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, the scribes, these big religious leaders you go to church every Sunday, you sing in the choir. You volunteer, you know, at the food bank. You tithe. And and you don't just tithe like your paycheck. This is dill and mint, and this is like your little window herb garden. Like you tithe everything. Good job. You should be doing this. Without neglecting the more even more important parts of God's law: justice and mercy. And faithfulness. Justice is a hot word in our society, isn't it? I mean, everybody in our country is tweeting about justice, uh, arguing about justice, protesting for justice. And I know from peers, from pastors across the country, they've had Uh, members have come up complaining to them uh, about talking about these issues in church. You know, you you don't need to be talking about racial issues in church. Just stick to the gospel. Uh, This stuff is just too controversial. And I've heard from friends of mine who are minorities who are struggling too because they're talking about justice everywhere. Everywhere. It's in politics, it's in entertainment, it's in sports, you can't get away from it. And it's kind of, when are we gonna stop talking about it and actually do something? Well, Brian Stevenson, again, Harvard Law grad, had the world at his feet, could have taken any job, any big name law firm across the country, Uh, chose to leave Delaware uh, and move to Alabama and endured incredible uh, prejudice and persecution uh, for fighting for an, uh, these, uh, this Equal uh, Justice Initiative, a nonprofit that uh, provides pro bono legal services uh, to people who can't afford it. And what you hear in a number of the stories is uh, they had poor, or virtually no legal representation in the process, in the whole uh, criminal justice process, and he deserves everyone. He believes everyone deserves that that right, uh, constitutional right. But see, Brian Stevenson is a Christian. He's a follower of Jesus, and he is motivated by what Jesus has done for him the justice and the mercy that he's received from God through Jesus Christ. And he feels like it is a part of his walk with Jesus uh, to fight for justice, to spread mercy to his neighbors. Uh, One thing uh, Brian says all the time when he gets a chance to talk is that faith should lead to action. Faith should lead to doing something. It's not a new theological concept. You can go all the way back to the Old Testament. Uh, During the days of the prophet Micah, uh, the people of Judah, the kingdom of Judah, was going through a time where the rich and the powerful were abusing and using the economically depressed now, the rich and the powerful were still going to church. They were still singing to God. They were tithing. Okay, but they weren't living out this just justice and mercy. And so Micah had some really harsh words for his neighbors. He said, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? I want to talk about the first two words there. I imagine uh, everybody has a decent understanding of what it means to walk humbly with God, right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus. Not my will, but your will be done. We walk humbly with God, we submit to the will of God. Well, let's talk about justice and mercy, the two hot words, buzzwords anyway. Well, in in the Old Testament, the word justice is mishpat. Can you you say mishpat? Yeah, it's a fun one to say, mishpat. And there is this legal uh, connotation to the word, but it's used over 200 times in the Old Testament. And often it is is depicting this perfect society that God is creating, uh, where everyone is treated fairly. When you think about justice, and you think about the legal aspect of that, uh, you think of the law, if, you're, if you've been to confirmation class, if you've read the catechism, if you think about law, you think about the Ten Commandments. right? You think about the Ten Commandments, it's just really God's will, right? Because just imagine what the society would look like if everybody followed the Ten Commandments. How wonderful would it be? I mean, You wouldn't have to carry around a big wad of keys in your pocket. You wouldn't have to memorize 1,000 passwords, different passwords for every single account online. Is that frustrating? Am I the only one that's frustrated by that, right? Every time, now I'm to the point where I just have to reset, I had a password last night. This is the new requirement. It had to be 10 letters long. They didn't care if it had a number or a character, they just had to be 10 letters. So I just used my password twice but I won't tell you what that is. But it's frustrating. But just think how wonderful it would be. Everybody followed the Ten Commandments. Everybody did justice, right? God's justice and treated everybody fairly. Now, mercy, this is an even more fun Hebrew word to say. It's chesed. Chesed. You can say it. Well, you're not wearing a mask. Don't say it if you're not wearing a mask. But chesed uh, is the Hebrew word for mercy. And it's God's unmerited grace it's God's unlimited compassion. God says, my, ner- my mercies are new every morning. It's God's pouring out his love on us. Now, in our use of the words today, we think of justice and mercy as kind of being opposite, or at least the different, different aspects. So justice, we think of, uh, you get what you deserve. right? Do the crime, do the time. Mercy is the other way. It's you get off, right? You're forgiven, but you, you get off from, from getting what you deserve. But that's not the case. Justice and mercy belong together. Here, O oh man, what does the Lord require of us but to do justice and to love mercy? So think about one way you can look at it is that mercy is the motivation. Justice is the action. Again, Brian was a Christian, a follower of Jesus. He was motivated by the mercy, incredible unmerited grace, unlimited compassion uh, that Jesus had for him. And his action was to persevere through many difficulties uh, to bring God's love Mercy, justice to his neighbor. He moved again from Delaware uh, to Alabama. He took on Walter McMillan, as the main uh, person in the story uh, that uh, falsely accused uh, of murder on death row. And he takes up this case, which is kind of picking at a scab in the community, uh, they, they, they want it to go away they feel like it, justice has been there and they're trying to move on and there's a very violent reaction uh, to Brian so not only does he not get paid right but he's prejudiced he's intimidated his death threats against him now all of that is just a shadow of what Jesus went through for Brian and for you and me Jesus was an innocent man who died for the guilty. He took the punishment that we deserved willingly, willingly sacrificed himself for you and for me. Now, on the cross, justice and mercy intersect. Is the cross perfect justice? Well, Romans 3.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death. Is anybody here a sinner? Yeah, we all just confessed it. Uh, We're all sinners, and we all deserve death. That's God's justice. So on the cross, Jesus emptied himself, disadvantaged himself of being God, so that he could take upon himself the sins of the world, so that he could die in our place. That is God's perfect justice. The punishment, the wrath of God against all sin of all people has been poured out. It has been executed. Justice has been executed. Perfect justice, yes. On the cross... Is that perfect mercy? Oh, wow. A substitution? In the stead of the punishment that we deserve, Jesus takes on all of our sins and his compassion. He, He gives us all of the credit, all the A pluses that he earned, we get credit for. That is perfect mercy. Unlimited compassion, unmerited grace. Justice, mercy intersect at the cross. It's perfect, perfectly executed. So motivated by what Jesus has done for us, not just thought about, not just felt for us, right, but done for us, how do we share this justice and mercy? How about this? How do we, as a Christian church in America, begin a conversation about all of the other topics of justice and racial interests uh, uh, going on across our country and, and even the world today. Where do we start? Well, I read a book. It's called The Color of Compromise. And then the, uh, the author uses uh, an acronym, ARC. Pastor Jeremy's a big fan of these things uh, for sermons. That's, but I, That's not mine. Huh? Acronyms. I said acronyms, right? Um, he's a big fan. I didn't come up with this. This is from the book just want you to know that. Uh, but anyway, he uses the word arc because of a famous quote by Martin Luther King Jr. who said, the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends toward justice. So, uh, step number one, how do we begin? How do we engage? Well, number one is awareness. How can we help Someone who is suffering. If we're not even aware that they're suffering, now this is the step that I am at personally, and I would guess many of you are as well. Though some of you may be more advanced, more sanctified uh, in your walk with the Lord, but I am. I'm at this step. This is what I'm going to concentrate on uh, immediately: uh, awareness, being more aware. And how do you become more aware? You listen. You listen. Look what God does for us. Jeremiah 29. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Now how many of you, let's just be honest right now. You don't have to be honest with me, but be honest with God right now. How many of you, 100% of the time, when you go to God and ask him for something, you're right. Your perspective of the world is correct. You know what you're asking for is for the best, for you, your family, the world, and you just got to make God understand it. Come on. But you know what? It doesn't matter. God listens to us anyway. He always hears us when we cry out. So maybe some people have some perspectives that don't match ours. Maybe they're wrong. It doesn't matter. They deserve to be heard. We deserve to listen to them. Maybe we should walk a mile in their shoes before we decide if they're right or wrong. Now, for three and a half years, I've been working on a doctorate, at Fuller Seminary in in leadership. I've probably read a hundred books just on leadership in the last three and a half years. Not exaggerating. Uh, There's one thing uh, that is universal. It doesn't matter if you're leading a family, if you're leading a practice, if you're leading a business, if you're leading a church or a school, uh, uh, yeah, a small business. If someone thinks there's a problem, if it's on their staff, if it's a customer, If someone thinks there's a problem, there's a problem. They may be right, they may be wrong, maybe that's not what the problem is at all. But just that they think there's a problem, there's a problem, somewhere in the communication, somewhere in the execution of the plan. Okay, there's a lot of people in our country who think there's a problem right now. Maybe there's somewhere in the middle, maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong, but there's definitely a problem. And the first step is to be aware of the people who are suffering and feel like they're suffering injustice. First step is just to listen. We can all do that. That's where I'm at, baby step number one. A, be aware. Baby step number two, R, relationships. Uh, Now, relationships isn't just, oh, you need a more diverse friend group on Facebook or something. No. Uh, When I'm talking about relationships, I'm talking about, being near people, walking beside people. So in the, in the trial, in the, in the proceedings, uh, Brian, the attorney, Walter, the convict, they discover that there is an amount of evidence that will exonerate Walter that was suppressed and denied in his first trial. And so when they discover this evidence, they're excited. They're like, this is a slam dunk. This is so exciting. So they go to the appeals court, and the appeals court denies the motion, denies, you know, suppresses the evidence, doesn't allow the testimony. And they are devastated. They're crushed. And Walter asked, Brian, this has already been four years. It started in 87, he was arrested in 1987. Not 1967, 1987. Now in 1992, uh, they had suffered this big defeat at the appeals court, and uh, uh, Walter asked Brian, are are you done? Are you going to quit? And Brian said, absolutely not. We're going to press on. You see, Brian stayed with Walter through his darkest days, and that's really hard to do. It's really hard to walk with someone who's hurting because when they hurt you hurt and our instinct is to uh, stay away from that <laughs> i got enough of my own problems I got enough of my own emotions my own struggles to help someone else carry their burden sounds something like jesus he said take my yoke upon you my burden is light cuz Jesus carries all of our weight. He walks beside us. It's not easy. Jesus wept. When 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 they hurt, you hurt when you're trying to help them. So we're gonna be aware. Next step would be to build those relationships. And the last step is to commit to action. It's not just about feeling kissed, mercy, right? It's about doing justice. Do something. Again, Brian left Delaware, moved to Alabama, had devoted his whole life last 30 years. These 115 uh, inmates falsely accused of murder, uh, have been, been retried, new evidence, reexamined, a fair trial, and, and released. Commit to action. Faith should lead to action. And this is exactly what we see from God. God is aware of our condition. He knows every hair on your head. He knows every thought. He knows what's happening to you today. He knows what's going to happen to you tomorrow. He is completely aware and in love with you. God is in a relationship with us. He desperately, more than anything else in the universe, wants to have an intimate relationship with each and every one of you. He didn't just sit up in heaven, cold and distant, aware of your problems and say, boy, they're in trouble. Oh, they're not getting out of this world alive. He came down, again, emptying himself of God divesting himself of the power and the glory of God so he could die for us. Wow. And committed to action? Absolutely. Not only to the cross in the empty grave where the mission was accomplished, but each and every day when he said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. And even today when he comes to us again in his body and blood to remind us of his sacrifice, of his mercy and justice that's been carried out for each and every one of us. Let's pray. Almighty, merciful, just God, uh, we thank you for creating us. We thank you for life. We thank you for our church, our country, our freedom. We pray that the love and compassion and the selflessness uh, that Jesus has shown to us uh, and as we follow in his footsteps uh, that we would love and show compassion and mercy to everyone and our family and our friends our church our schools our communities our world and that your holy spirit would slowly through us but bring about that wonderful society where Jesus is king and forgiveness is the key virtue of our society. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.